Welcome to the Dave, JPN, and the Dog Show. I'm your host, one of your three hosts. The dog is with me. We will be continuing our discussion on global lockdown mania. This will be part two of a part three segment. So this is the second of the third, of course. And our colleague Dave will not be joining us tonight. We have just been having some technical difficulties going on, but we're going to figure them out. Uh, the show is the three of us, but uh, we just want to keep keep getting out there every week, connecting, building. That's what we're doing. And uh, right now, I got B Dog with me. How you doing, B Dog? Uh, pretty good. How you doing there, John? Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, so. Last time we had a we had a pretty good discussion on lockdowns and its effects, its impact on pretty much everything. So, I think today that uh, you know we should be discussing other areas that this has really had a effect on. Uh, starting, I would say, with sports and sports and mask. And you and I were having a discussion about. I, I don't know if you want to really want to call it a hypocrisy or. Maybe the fact that the rules do not apply in some situations. Is that kind of what you would say? You're well, there's just some things that uh, that seem a little bit weird to me. You know, we have a group of people saying that masks do not restrict your breathing at all in any way, shape or form. But yet they're giving a pass to people who um, say have respiratory issues as an example, they don't have to wear masks. Well, if it doesn't restrict your breathing at all in any way, shape or form, then why are people with respiratory issues, you know, not forced to wear masks? The same kind of goes with sports too. What I'm seeing is basketball players, football players, baseball players, all these guys are not being required to wear masks. And according to uh, studies concerning this, um, it basically says that if you're doing vigorous activity, it does restrict the breathing, your ability to breathe when you're doing vigorous exercise. So this is why we're seeing sports uh figures, uh, people involved in athletics are not having to wear masks. And we just saw that, uh, you know, they have these wrestling matches taking places at high schools. And you got these guys are wrestling all over each other and they're hot and sweaty and they're breathing all over each other while they're wrestling. And yet they don't have to wear a mask, which I guess is kind of understandable because, you know, when you're rolling around on the floor, a mask probably wouldn't stay on anyway. But at the same time, you're not allowed to shake hands before or afterwards. And you got to wear a mask before and after the match. It just, some of these things just don't really make sense. And, yeah, it's, uh, it is, it is. I agree. It's all over the place. To play devil's advocate a little bit, the standards with sports are, are, are really high. In other words, uh, I guess I should say more about the, the protocol that they have to follow when it comes to what, you know, uh, test they have to get all, they think in, in professional sports, they, they each, everybody gets tested every single day. 
so the protocols, there's, there's restrictions on going out. There's restrictions on how many family members. I, I, I think they, they have really extreme restrictions on what they have to do in order to keep this going. So it, I mean, right, you right. could argue that for the average everyday athlete uh, and for the average everyday person out in public that they don't have access to those same resources. I think, and I think that's a little controversial. That was controversial from the beginning of this pandemic and lockdowns was the fact that athletes seem to have no issues getting tests when, well, and, and I know, I think that's always been argumentative about whether or not we had difficulty getting tests. I never personally had a problem getting a test. Uh, I know I had one experience where the test took a while to get back the results of that test, but yeah, wasn't it like two weeks or something like that? It was, it was a little bit longer actually. Yeah. It was about 15 days. So I know there was some kind, but really the other two tests that I got were, were fairly quick the results. So I, I don't know, you know, I, I think that you can make the argument that the value of sports to an economy is so great and to colleges, especially too, you know, well, that uh, maybe there's exceptions made for them that are, that really don't apply to, to everyone else. Yeah. But I think also we need to have a little bit of an understanding of what the purpose for masks are in during this pandemic because it should be noted that we're not trying to say you shouldn't be wearing masks because there is some scientific evidence that shows that wearing masks does help to reduce uh, the spread and so we have some data here this is from um, the CDC it states that uh, the COVID virus itself has is approximately the size of 70 to 90 nanometers in diameter. Now, to understand what a nanometer is, is about one millionth, one one millionth of um, a millimeter. So it's very exceedingly small. And masks, um, the pores in the mask are approximately about um, 125 uh, micrometers in diameter. Mm-hmm. So it's about a little bit over one one thousandth smaller than the pores in a mask. So we're talking like a very, really small virus. But what happens is those viruses get trapped in the aerosols in uh, when you breathe or when you cough or sneeze water droplets and the water droplets are bigger than the pores in the mask so any virus that gets trapped in the pores i'm sorry gets trapped in the water droplets uh, will in fact get trapped in the mask however coronavirus is in fact uh, airborne so when you when it's not trapped in a water droplet, it will just pass right straight through the mask, unabated. Yep. Um, so it it it's not that masks don't help. It does help to reduce um, the amount of uh, water droplets that you're spreading when you cough or sneeze or even just breathing. Uh, but you have to remember that a mask does not provide a full seal around the face. So when you cough or sneeze, those water droplets go out the side of the mask too. 
not yeah, just in front of you. We'll all we'll create a better barrier. The surgical masks are going to be a little bit more open on the sides. N95 are going to have more of a good seal over the mouth and the nose. Right. So, but nonetheless, N95 masks definitely are more costly than more expensive. Well, an N95, an N95 mask is also micron rated um, to filter out the actual COVID itself. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it is an N95 is definitely a lot more um, productive at keeping uh, you from getting the virus. But of course, they're also not very available to everyone either. Right. So, no, I so then we go down to cloth, cloth masks. Now, the thing with cloth masks is when you first get them, um, they're fairly effective at preventing uh, water droplets from escaping. However, the more you wear them, the more you wash them, the holes in the mask get bigger. So they get worn out. Mm -hmm. So the more, the more you wash them and the more you wear them become less and less effective. So the most effective masks are like the paper masks that are one-time use only. You can change them out every 15 to 20 minutes, which is what you're supposed to be doing. And they're a lot more um, effective at keeping out water droplets from either going in or out of your mask. So there is actually some use for, for masks. Um, but it does get a little bit um, extreme when, you know, you have to wear a mask everywhere you go. You know, you can't have more than five people at the park together. I think we talked about this last time. Um, you know, standing in line uh, in large groups waiting to get into Walmart to the grocery store. That's that's definitely not going to prevent the spread I was at just all. Thinking about this. Whether the, I agree. I, I was just thinking about this the other day. I they have limits. Certain stores have limits, pretty much 75. Some stores, depending on the size, I guess it's smaller. And it's really, really odd. So everybody's standing in line to get into the store. And they do mark off the six feet between people. I, eh, not everybody follows that. When you get in the store and you, you know, buy everything you need to buy, you're standing in line to check out in these very long lines where you could argue that right. if you can allow more people in the store where there's constant movement going on, cashiers would be... Right. Working quicker, you wouldn't be nearly standing in long of a line. So I don't know if it's counterintuitive to say that we should have a minimum or I'm sorry, a maximum number of people in a store. And then they're just going to end up in lines anyway. They're going to end up in line outside the store to get in. They're going to end up out uh, well, think- lines to, to, to check out. Does that really, whereas if you, if you have a constant flow going on of movement, you could make the argument. Look, part of the argument here too, with with uh, the holidays and everything coming up, is you know, families that gather and but there's no movement going on. You know, these families are in one area; they're they're right near each other. A store is very similar if you think about it. If you if you cram, if you were not even cram, but if you have people waiting in line, and then even have seventy five people inside a store as a as a maximum capacity, and then they're standing in line next to each other for five, 10, 15 minutes. 
does that really do any good? As if you just allow people to go into the store. And right. And it, and this is the lockdown part. You know, they've had all these businesses close and they all these businesses that they forced to close down are all businesses that sell similar products to what Walmart sells. You know, like a liquor store is an example. Well, Walmart sells liquor. Well, instead of standing in line at Walmart with hundreds of other people, you could be standing in a very small line at the liquor store that has maybe five people in front of it. And um, that disperses the crowds so that you're not getting everybody massing in one place. Right. And that is more helpful than what they're doing now. But yet, you know, they still refused. And then, of course, people are losing their livelihoods, like we talked about last week. Um, some people are going homeless because of this. And that's a population that they said is more vulnerable to COVID. Well, I think so that's not helping states, there either. It isn't. And I know some states have enacted uh, eviction uh, no, uh, policies where you cannot evict people from their homes. Now, that's. I think they that started in right, you know, right as the lockdown began. Uh, it went through July. Supposedly, I think it's going to be continued after January. So it's basically, you know, re- protection from homeowners and, and renters. So they won't be homeless. Those are those are probably good statistics. Right. Statistics to look up is has the homeless population gone up uh, because of this? Uh, I would assume it has. Right. Well, it has, it has gone up a little bit, but you know, they, it's, they have done things to help the population to keep them from being homeless. But once those bans are lifted, people are going to be start getting evicted because you know, these places are, they're not going to give people a chance to pay what they owe. You know, like if you're, you're behind, we're talking almost a year's worth of rent that people are behind on. Are they going to be able to come up with all the money that they need to be able to keep living there? And, and you know, these places are going to be able to just evict them right away. Well, what are the so reasonable right now measures? They're- I agree. What would be the reasonable measures? But think of it this way, though, too. To put, put, let's put ourselves in the property owner's shoes, though. It's all trickled down, right. isn't it? Because they, they, they owe the bank. Uh, their renters owe them. And so it's a trickle down right. effect. Do you do you do you tell the banks to stop collecting from uh, the, the actual homeowners that might be renting out a home and and uh, office space and complexes and is is that the answer? So it, it's a real trickle down effect from the renter all the way to the bank when you think about it. True, but when you but if you just let the people stay and they they start paying rent again. Well, now you've already got people there who are paying rent as opposed to going through the whole eviction process, uh, which takes time and money, court cases, everything else, right? Then you get them kicked out. Then you get somebody else to move in. You know, that, that all of that takes time and there's no guarantee someone's going to move in right away. It might be two or three months before you get somebody that moves Well, this in. is where the... So they're losing money there too. This is where, but at the so. same time, you know, the... How how flexible have banks been on not collecting payment from property owners? Right. Well, you know that's that's the catch twenty two. They're probably not. 
Probably not. But, you know, at the same time, people might, you know, a lot of what's going on is they want to make profit. It's not just a matter of what they owe the banks. There's also a profit margin, too. And so they might be taking a loss in the profit margin area for a short period of time. But if people are allowed to start paying rent again, then you're going to start getting that revenue again. And maybe you can come up with a, a plan to help them because they're going to have to pay it back anyway. If you take them to court, um, the court makes them, forces them to pay the money they owe anyway. So why not just allow them to stay there, come up with an agreement that they can pay maybe just a little bit more to make up per month to make up for the lost rent. I don't, and um, they would never make it up. No way. I mean, it would take years for them to make up. One of the things that I really believe. So I saw a meme the other day and it basically shows a transformation. It shows a guy with, a make America great again, hat on white guy looks like, you know, they're the stereotypical Trump supporter that these leftists always push. And it kind of morphs into a picture of uh, Che Guevara. Right. In other words, Mm -hmm. I was all for make America great again until this happened. And now I'm going to embrace socialism. What's so stupid about that. Right. What's so stupid about it is the fact that here you have by no fault, you know, look, people did not put these lockdowns into place. State governments did. And some definitely more strict than others. Was Florida as strict as New York? No, it wasn't. And who has the higher death rate? No. Who has the higher death rate? That would be New York. New York does, even though he, uh, the governor pats himself on the back. I think the guy wrote a book about how great of a leader he is when you've had about, what, nearly 40,000 people that have died. The governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, who is the real hero of this whole story, quite honestly, understood that you have to protect the most vulnerable first. That was key, but did not lock down to such an extent that people couldn't earn a living and yet he is uh, vilified by a media that is pushing a socialist narrative so i think that's one of the things here too is the fact that it's an idiotic argument to think that government needs to take care of everybody's uh payments and bills when they are the problem they are the ones that shut this state governments in particular they shut this thing down so they owe these people so if anybody's going to pay the banks back, who's ever going to pay the landlords back and whoever's going to pay the banks back, it should be the state governments, most of which probably have no money, like our state here in New Mexico. No money. Right. They're going to do it. Right, exactly. I know they're going to pull it out, you know, but if they have to pull it out of their rear, pull it out of their rear, they owe landlords and property owners, they need to reimburse them for, for the income lost over the last, uh, what has it been, nine months. Yep. Yeah, I could agree with that. I could go along with that. And, you know, something else that's interesting is, in, as pertains to these lockdowns, is the science behind it. You know, for some time we had uh, people like Dr. Fauci and other scientists talking about how beneficial lockdowns were, but not lengthy, long-term lockdowns. And 
people just don't listen to that. They just they listen to the narrative that they're being told by the pop, the politicians. And they're claiming that they believe in and listen to science, but instead they're listening to these politicians who are touting this stuff. You know, there was a there's a study here done by the Frontier, which is a peer-reviewed journal. And the study was done in November, and it was all based on data that was collected from 160 different countries. They had over 800,000 deaths combined in all these countries. And it said the main cause of the COVID deaths were people who were unhealthy, obese, um, diseases that were related to sedentary lifestyles. And all of these countries were um, countries with high incomes, like the United States, as an example. Um, Obesity, diabetes, which is related to obesity. Some cancers are related to obesity. Um, High blood pressure related to obesity. Respiratory issues, many of those related to obesity. And what they're discovering is, what they have discovered is, that that is where most of the deaths occur. Most of the deaths occur with people who are unhealthy. By far. And the lockdowns, the lockdowns have absolutely nothing to do with the mortality rate of deaths. Nothing. This is what these researchers have discovered. Yep. Well, the research I think has been clear. Look, it, it's all over the place. Granted, novel virus when it first started, but but let's be honest, Fauci did not recommend masks at first. And I know that the Marxists are going to roll their eyes at that, but it's true. Go look it up. I don't have to tell you. It's no conspiracy. It's right there. He said it himself. All right, fine. I get it. You learn about the virus. Now he's going with Matt. That's fine. Okay, go with. But don't sit there and say that from the very beginning, we should have done this, 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 this. When in fact, nobody knew what to do from the very beginning. Lockdowns initially were not recommended. Masks were not recommended. The the idea of a vaccine coming out within a year was ludicrous. And guess what? We got three of them. So if you want to say this has been a learning experience on all levels, okay, that's fine. I think it comes back to what we said last time when we were discussing uh, on, on on the last show. How this has become from how did this go from being an issue of health to being an issue of politics? And the idea that somehow lockdowns were key to getting this virus under control when you've had multiple countries that have locked down and did not have it under control. And here's another thing because China has been held up as like this pillar of what to do. They, oh, they only, which right now I want to say that Fox News reported, and this does have to be verified, but that from some hacked emails that shows they have manipulated, just like they do their currency, that they've manipulated the data on COVID deaths and infections. Because they've been held as a stale. Oh, look what Wuhan did. Look what China, the press, our press loves, our American press loves praising the Chinese government. Praise China. Look what they did here, 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 right? Let me, 
so mm-hmm. odd about that. How in the hell, without a vaccine, you mean to tell me that their 70-day lockdown, which is what Wuhan did, was enough to get that whole thing under control for a, a country that, that is what? I mean, 1.34 billion people, really? No vaccine, just 70 days straight of locking down, got it under control. And if we would have just done that here, oh, look how many live baloney, bullshit. California lockdown for what, 60 days? Right? I mean, this, this is right. absurd thinking. Yeah. This is absurd. New York lockdown. New York lockdown for a long time. Absolutely too. it is. And they have the highest death toll. That's right. Even though he's going to get the, uh, <laughs> oh, he got an Emmy though, you know, for his wonderful press conferences. Hey, this is the world is upside down. You know, this is a virus. It should have been treated as a health right. issue from the very beginning. I get it. You know, we didn't know what we were dealing with. And so I, you know, I can't even really say I blame Fauci. You know, maybe he was learning about it. But look, the argument that other people downplayed it when we were learning about it, telling people that you really don't need a mask, I think we could say that's downplaying it. And that's what Fauci said. I, you know, uh, not having to lock down travel from other countries uh, is xenophobic and we shouldn't do that because it's just racist. Uh, well, you know what? Is that is that downplaying it? Yeah, that's downplaying it. So here you have a media and a group of politicians and a group of their followers and leftists. They think the same thing. You believe these people don't believe these people, these people that we do believe they could have screwed it up from the very beginning, but that's okay because it was new. But these people that may have not done what they should have done at the very beginning, we're going to crucify them for everything that happened. This is a push. this is definitely right. a push towards socialism, no doubt in my mind. Oh yeah, this definitely has played a big part in it for sure. I agree. Absolutely. I mean, there's just look, look, two week. I get it that when the when this thing first started, two weeks to slow the spread. And I know people are probably tired of hearing that argument because now we're in nine months, ten months, right? How long are we? Nine months, I think. So. Two weeks to slow. And I get it. I was like, you know what? Okay, yeah. Tell me what I have to do. Yeah, they did that. They did that back in uh, April. Into, March. No, yeah, right? April into wasn't it May. March? And now they just tried it well, again. But wasn't it March, two weeks to slow the spread? I, I mean, I think I want to say it was around March. Well, it, well, it went until the middle of right. May. So it was even longer so than I, that. I'm right, pretty- Exactly. And that's fine. I mean, right. you know, look, and then, you and I. And, and then they just they did, did it again. And, I think you, and they, they just, just did, did it again. again. And you and I. Here in New Mexico. And you and I didn't throw a fit about it. You know, we're like, okay. Because granted, you have extremes. Look, I know people that don't believe the lockdowns were necessary at all. They don't want to wear a mask. I'm not with them. You know, I can't say I'm in that, in that group. That I, I'm not going to confrontation no, with them and i respect what they're trying to say you know and that's their thing i'm in the middle here you wanted me to lock down for two weeks i did you want me to wear a mask i did and the majority of people that i saw did was there probably a certain percentage of people that didn't sure there was that's human behavior you mean to tell me this didn't happen all over the world give me a break right 
Yep, I agree fully with that. I mean, the question is now then, where do we go from here? I mean, you have mental health, a an area that we haven't even really touched base on. We've talked about homelessness and the economy, the economical impact, but what about the impact on mental health? And I think that is a... Well, that I think... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I think that's something, definitely something that we can bring up in our next episode too, uh, which we are, which will be our third part to the, uh, the global lockdown mania. Mental health, definitely, it has affected uh, in a very negative way all across the board for everyone. And uh, we'll get into that discussion Absolutely. next week. We will definitely sure. get into it. There's so many elements of this: the impact of uh, virtual learning, virtual uh, training, uh, virtual family gatherings, that all ties into mental health as well. Uh, you know, if, if virtual learning was the way of the future and this was the kind of uh, the trial run to see how it would go, I think it's an absolute disaster. That's just my opinion on it. But you're right. I think in our part three discussion, we definitely uh, have a good chunk of ground to cover with mental health issues and uh, the impact that it's had on young people, older people, everyone in general. Agreed. Well, and that's going to be it for today. Is- and uh, I look forward to seeing you next week. Yes, we will see you guys next week now, for part three of Global Lockdown Mania. You have been listening to Dave, JPN, and the dog, and we will see you on the flip side.